0: Well it's a great uh, pleasure to hand over now to Jitesh. Um, um, Jitesh is a friend of mine going back quite some years now and we were at Woodcliffe Hall together and um, we're at St. days at the same time and we're, we're in for a real treat. Um, so Jitesh over to you and we pray that God will um, guide and bless you and uh, open our hearts to his word through you. Jitesh. Uh, damn well, thank you so much. And it's a real joy just to be with you all. Uh, as was mentioned earlier in the service, I was part of St Old dates for a number of years. And I just recognise looking around the different Zoom screens, lots of familiar faces and lots of new faces. And it's just uh, delightful to be with you uh, tonight, even though it's in a slightly different format to how perhaps we'd wished it. Um, just to give you a bit of a word of warning um, I'm speaking from Leicester and right now there are a lot of fireworks going off because uh, Leicester is an Asian majority uh, city some of you will know and they're celebrating Diwali at the moment so if you hear any explosions during this don't duck for cover it's just the fireworks it's just the fireworks don't worry um we're going to dig into that passage in just a moment. let me pray for us Lord, we just want to thank you for your word we thank you that through it you speak and we pray for your speaking voice now you ask Holy Spirit of God that you would sharpen our attention and give us sensitivity to hear your voice and Lord that you might have your way with us that we might be conformed to the image of Christ in your name we ask this amen Well, I want to begin by showing you something, a bit of show and tell. You might have to go to Speaker View to see this. So I haven't prepared a PowerPoint, but instead I'm going to do this manually. Um, This is a postcard version of a World War One recruitment poster that asks the question, which ought you to wear? And you'll see on it, lots of options of hats to choose between, leisure hats, business hats, sports hats. And the point was, that something momentous has happened, war's broken out and your mind needs to be there and you should wear the military hat and dress for the season and enlist to fight. In fact, I've got this postcard as uh, stuck up on my wardrobe door, bit of an uh, ironic challenge to me every single morning, much to my wife's chagrin, how should I be dressing? I wanted to start with that because in our passage, we're asked the exact same question, which ought you to wear? Uh, Paul begins by reminding us that we're seated with Christ in the heavenly realm, showing in his death and resurrection and ascension. Something momentous has happened, and therefore our minds should be set there and not on earth. And this actually ought to change what we decide to wear on a daily basis. And it changes us and provokes a couple of responses that I want to dig in for us today. And the first one is this. It challenges us to burn our old grave clothes, to burn them. In verse 5, Paul gives a list of negative, simple ways that we're not to wear. Uh, You can read them with me. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Verse 8, he adds a few more. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Verse 9, lying to one another. And all these things, they're an overview, really, of the fallen, fleshy life, riddled with sin, what verse four talks about, what's earthly in us. And the commands here are really simple. There are two things we're to do with these things. Verse nine, it says, put off the old self with its practices, literally in the Greek, to strip them off. And then verse five, which I think applies to the whole section, really, even stronger, put to death. These things to utterly destroy them. And what's being conveyed here is that in light of all that's happened, in light of all that Jesus has done, that actually we're called to take off the old clothing of sin that we were wearing, and not just simply to place them to one side, but to actively destroy them, to throw them into the fires it were, and burn them up. And to do this because often we're tempted to put them back on, because they're comfortable they're familiar, they bring pleasure, because there's thoughts and attitudes and desires, well, they're, they're what everyone else is wearing as well, and we want to fit in. However, for us, actually, these things are grave clothes. Verse 2, headlining the whole passage, it says that we have died, and our life is hidden with Christ and God, that these are the clothes we're buried in, with Christ and his death. These are the clothes of the old, sin-controlled, fallen life, these are grave clothes like Christ's grave clothes. And like Christ's grave clothes, they're to be left behind in the tomb. We don't take them with us. We don't step out of the tomb with them. They're left behind. They're dank and dirty and have the stench of death about them. Verse six, says, their clothes that are so offensive in the sight of God that they encourage judgment. So why would we ever want to put them on? Paul's asking. Why would we ever want to put them back on? We're to take them off and burn them. Some of you remember the outrage from a couple of years ago when the fashion house Burberry burnt close to £20 million worth of unsold new clothes to protect brand identity, wasteful, perfectly good clothes that could have been worn. But we're not called to burn and destroy the latest beautiful kit. We're called to burn clothes that are so ugly, so detestable that no one should be wearing them, evil and dark and toxic. Hurting us, hurting others, offending God. And the sad reality is for so many of us so often, we just don't see this. We We just don't see what these clothes are like. And therefore, we don't deal decisively with them. We just keep putting them on. We put them on day after day after day. We put them back on. You'll have know, seen recently in the news uh, the mass culling of over 17 million mink. I didn't realize there were 17 million mink in existence in Denmark that's been going on over the last few weeks. Really sadly, killing every last one of them, lest they lead to a new, more resilient strain of coronavirus. A radical action because of how awful this disease is. And I want to suggest that's the same attitude we'd have about these things, these clothes. Sin is that awful that we're to get rid of every last strip of it, completely burnt up. It's why, interestingly, in the early church, in adult baptisms, those being baptised often used to strip off all clothing, not just to the undergarments, and enter into the waters. It was to say, nothing of the old sinful life is going on forward now down to the very last thread, all removed, all gone, all put to death, baptised fully into Jesus's cross. And us, the challenge is, really, we're to get rid of it all. Big sins and little, things that others know about, things that only we know about. For some here, as I was praying in preparation uh, for this, I had a sense of God especially saying that there are things, firstly, in some people's speech, And secondly, in some people's gaze, speech and gaze, I had a sense of the Lord saying things that just need to go, things that have just crept in again, or things that have never been dealt with. But actually for all of us, there'll be stuff. There'll be something that we just find that we put on every single day. And we don't realise just how awful these things are, how how much stench they have about how toxic they are, and that we shouldn't be wearing them. And God is saying, take them off. Take them off, throw them away, burn them, put them in the fire. Don't put them in your wardrobe, get rid of them. So that's the first thing, burn your old grave clothes. But then secondly, wear your new Christ clothes. Our passage uh, moves on to say that as those who are God's chosen ones, uh, holy and beloved, when we take off and destroy those old clothes which we once wore, we won't be left naked and laughed at. But in God's great love, the same God who clothed Adam and Eve with handmade, bestowed tailored garments when they left the garden, that same God clothes us with the most beautiful garments, more precious than the latest kit out of the fashion houses of Paris and Milan. We're clothed in Christ and the wonders of who he is and we're called to put him on. Verses 12 and 13, Paul gives us another list, this time things to put on rather than get rid of. And he says, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forbearance, forgiveness. Verse 14, that they're all bound together by love, which is the common thread that unites them all. And what we do when we put these things on is actually we put on Christ. All these things find their summation and their pinnacle in him. That they're his resurrection clothes as it were, that replace the grave clothes, his resurrection life. And we are to be reminded of that when we read these lists of them all being about Jesus. Paul says in Galatians 3:27, all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. That Jesus, is the one who is compassion incarnate, kindness in the flesh, humility and completeness, love itself. And that being united to him means being clothed in him. And there's no, nothing more beautiful that we could put on. No one more beautiful. And I think this is the key to living this sin-free, love-free life. There are lots of other religions and philosophies that tell you to get rid of sin. And in Colossae, we know that they had loads of them that they were wrestling with. But in, only with Christ... Are we given someone powerful enough to permanently displace its power? Jesus himself who conquered it on our behalf. Many of you will know that uh, St Augustine is one of the greatest Christian thinkers, theologians of church history. And this is despite his um, really (laughs) dodgy past, let's just say, despite his Christian upbringing as a young man. He uh, delved deep into some extreme hedonism, sex-filled hedonism, and really out of a place of brokenness he searched all the philosophies that he could find, seeking to deal with the inner emptiness, but he found them empty. He came to Christ, interestingly, after things came to a head, having heard a lecture given by a Christian on the holiness of one of the desert fathers, and He recounts in his confessions that he just ran into his garden crying to God, convicted of his sin. He said later it was the day that he finally stood naked to himself. God just revealed something to him. And in that moment of utter trauma, really, he heard the voice of a nearby child saying, Pick up and read, pick up and read, by which he knew actually he was being told to read the scriptures. And so he picked up Paul's letters. And the very first thing he came to was Romans 13, 13 and 14. And they they say this, Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling or jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And then, then Augustine came to Christ. So he needed his friend Alpheus as well because he knew finally He was being given someone to cover his nakedness and shame. (laughs) He was receiving someone who had actual power to enable him to live a new life. He was being given Christ to put on and wear. And he did. And the world changed as a result. And for each of us, this is the offer. In your fight against sin, I know that many of you struggle and wrestle against sins, personal and public. The Lord loves you as you seek to be holy in there. But in your fight against sin, don't just do it in your strength. Every day put on Christ, his love, his compassion, his kindness, which becomes ours. Our passage actually interestingly, ends about how to practically do this. Various ways mentioned in verses 16 and 17. Too much to go into right now, but undergirding them all mentioned three times is thanksgiving. Augustine later said a Christian should be an Adelaide from head to toe, just completely clothed in thanksgiving. And as we give thanks to Jesus for all that he's done, all that he is, these things become ours and we start to wear them. Maybe every morning just thank you. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are love. And I put on your love today rather than hatred. Thank you, Jesus, that you're compassion. And I'm putting on your compassion today rather than judgment. Thank you that you're just humility itself. And I'm putting on your humility, not pride anymore. Well, let me end. I'm going to end with that question again from the poster. Which ought you to wear? What are you wearing that you shouldn't be wearing right now? What's on you that shouldn't be on you? What do you have in your wardrobe that just needs to go, that needs to be put in the fire and burnt to a cinder? And what aren't you wearing that you should be wearing? What things is Christ giving to you? What things are of Christ Himself that He says, "This is Me, and I'm offering myself to you. You can put Me on, and let Me lead you into a freer life." Have you got your old grave clothes on, or are you wearing your new Christ clothes? Amen.